Today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast contains explicit language that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Friday, September 11th, 2020. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, guys, if you have not noticed, there was already an episode released today. Um, I was kind of putting everything together like I normally do. And I said to myself, you know what? I think I need two episodes today. Uh, I have a long interview with my brother, Sam Hersma today. Uh, and I didn't want to take away from the interview with him because we had some fun. We talked about some interesting subjects. Uh, you know, Sam, he speaks his mind and, and I do as well. We definitely don't agree on everything. And, and that's what makes brothers great. We have a, a good good time just chatting and doing anything that we're doing. But I thought to myself that in what I wanted to do with the Suds with Studs segment that that I've been talking about, I do that every Friday, paying tribute to some heroes, some uh, usually law enforcement or military, things like that. Um and and also talking about September 11th, you know, I felt on my heart if if I was gonna if I was gonna do it all service that I probably needed two episodes. I didn't want to take away from Sam's interview. I didn't want to take away from September 11th. Uh, I know Sam is very passionate about September 11th as well. But uh, yeah, I just decided to put out two episodes today. So if you haven't seen that release today. It was released shortly before this one was, just a, I don't know, a few minutes or so. So there are two episodes today. It's a long day of podcasts. So uh, if you just, you know, maybe push this episode or the other episode into the weekend for a later listen whenever, whenever you end up listening to this, I greatly appreciate it. But definitely keep in mind that there are two episodes released today. The first one, pretty much a tribute to September 11th, uh, remembering that horrible day, as well as paying tribute to a lot of people who lost their lives and uh, honoring some of the heroes of it for sure. It's tough not to get emotional when you think about that day, think about all the events that happened. Uh, so I wanted to just kind of give that its its own episode. Um, again, I record with Sam or with most of my guests a few days in advance. So I didn't know that I was going to be posting him on September 11th. We would have talked about it had I known. Uh, I'm sure he would have given his opinions and some of his thoughts. Uh, but, you know, we don't do a live show here. We, we record early and then post episodes. So anyway, that's kind of why Sam and I don't really talk about September 11th or anything. Uh, we recorded last weekend. And I recorded the September 11th show actually yesterday on Thursday. So uh, just kind of giving you guys an idea of what's going on. We will not be doing Suds with Studs on this episode. It was done on the uh, special September 11th bonus episode that was released earlier today. So two episodes, one day. I know it's Friday and a lot of people are looking forward to getting done with work and heading into the weekend. So maybe you got a little bonus episode to listen to. Whichever one you want to do first is all good. I released the September 11th one uh, thinking that that one was, you know, no, no offense to Sam. And I don't think he would he would uh, take this the wrong way either. But I do think paying tribute to September 11th was was a lot more important. And I wanted people to hear that one first. But if you listen to Sam first and then that one, it's all good. But as far as 
kind of the subject matter. I think it was just best that we have two separate episodes. So anyway, that's kind of the down low of some changes here on our Friday episodes, episodes on the Get Home Safe podcast. Thank you all for listening. Every time I, I roll over and I look at my phone, the morning I get up, and I'm so surprised to see how many people listen so early in the morning. I release these episodes at 5 a.m. Uh, here on the West Coast, and I get up somewhere between, I don't know, 5.30 and 6, kind of, and uh, it's cool to see that there have been 12 listens already. So it tells me people are listening to these episodes uh, either on the way to work, while they're getting ready to, for work, whatever, maybe working out in the morning. Uh, I think it's pretty cool, and I'm glad I started doing this the night before and posting nice and early so you guys have a chance to listen. Uh, big thanks to Mark Carson yesterday. Great episode. A lot of fun talking uh, football with him, specifically Rio Hondo prep football, as he is, he is the head coach there, and, and I've played there. Sam played there. A lot, a lot of our guests on this show have played there, so it's relevant to a lot of our audience. And if you're tuning in for one of the first times, you're like, what is this What is this Rio Hondo prep they keep mentioning? Well, a lot of guests are from there, and uh, that's that's where I have so many memories. So always relevant for me to talk about uh, real hondo prep sports and uh, especially football that should be being played right now. Unfortunately, it's not. Uh, so Sam Hersom is on the show today. Sam and I talk about sports, a little bit of how things have been the past few months for him, uh, some changes, some maybe some new challenges. He's This is his third time on the show. The first time he was one of the first guests on our audio. It was really bad. Second time we did kind of an outdoor interview on the patio. Uh, that was a lot of fun, but it's been a few months. It felt like a couple days ago, but Sam hasn't been on this uh, show for quite a while and a lot has changed. A lot's happened since he's been here. So uh, looking forward to you guys hearing from Sam, my, my wonderful brother, my only brother, my only sibling. Uh, I I've mentioned it yesterday, but we're, we're very different, but we're also very similar. So kind of like a lot of brothers, I think. And again, we've come a lot closer uh, into our adult years than uh, than the uh, our, our younger days for sure. I was I was kind of a bully, and then he got bigger than me, and then yeah, yeah. Anyway, enough said about that. Uh, anyway, the NFL season uh, is uh, kicked off on Thursday night. Unfortunately, we're doing some of the recording here before that game is going to kick off. Uh, but I do think it's an intriguing matchup. I will say this: I think the NFL is going to probably have some demonstrations and some, uh, eh, some, I don't know how else to say it. Some, uh, things that might make some people turn off the television or not watch it. Um, I think if they kind of go the route, some of it, some of it is you, it, it, it's going to happen. You know, it's going to happen. All right. I mean, NFL has been building up to have this, uh, to kind of speak their mind, maybe have some protests, whatever you want to call it. I think if they handle it, like some of the other sports did maybe major league baseball, hockey, whatever. Like I, you guys know, I'm not a fan of some of this stuff. It, it bothers me. It's like, okay, there's gotta be other ways for us to improve things or maybe come to better agreements. Uh, I, I don't know, but, but the, the millionaire athletes think this is the way they got to do things. So uh, for now it's, it's stuff we're seeing. And I think Again, like if they do it, baseball came out, they had all these demonstrations and all these things, but then it all kind of went away. Whereas the NBA, it kind of stuck around. It was all over the court. It was, I mean, there's all these, all these, uh, it was just, it's just in your face all the time. It's like, okay, it's hard to miss. But I think if the NFL just kind of hits it hard, say what they want to say, do what they want to do, and then steps away, okay, th- then, then I think some people might be able to deal with that. But however, there will be others that don't. 
I mean, and and I'm I've said it before, and I'll say it again: the whole kneeling for the national anthem thing. I, it just, I don't think no matter what the cause is, that that's just not something you do. Especially in talking about that on September 11th today, people always want to say, "Well, it does. It's not about the military. It's not about um, law enforcement." Where it, where in fact it it really is. But I'll but I'll I'll play along. Um, you know, how do people who died in September 11th? What do you think their families see when they see you kneeling? For the national anthem. So I know there's some policy changes with the NFL. I know that there are some, uh, there may not be the national anthem. They may be doing some, something else before I'm trying not to focus too much on it, but I do know it's probably coming, um, uh, as I'm recording this right before, uh, the, the games get going here and everything. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> you guys may maybe uh, after watching last night's game, uh, you may be like, "Oh man, well, uh, why didn't he talk about this?" Well, honestly, if I'm being honest, I'm recording uh, before before the game starts just to let you guys know. So just some transparency there. I'd love to comment if something really crazy happens. Who knows? Maybe I'll re-record this whole thing and uh, and say my piece. But uh, for now, I'm gonna try to not comment on it. Just uh, we'll see what happens here with the kickoff of the NFL season. Some sad news, man. Uh, Von Miller likely out for the season. Not nothing official to my knowledge. Uh, probably out for the season though, with the an injury in the, like the last day of practices or one of the final practices. Just so unfortunate. Von Miller seems like one of the good guys in the league. He's a great defensive player. Kind of kind of a scary defensive player, if you're honest. I mean, I can't believe some of the quarterbacks when they look across the ball and see some of these guys. They don't. I'm shocked they're able to function the the way it, they're they're able to. And I know oh, there's a lot of rule changes and, and oh my goodness, uh, uh, you know you can't touch a quarterback and this and that. But uh, yeah, it's just it's unbelievable. Um, you know, I thought I was done with tennis. I really did. Uh, I, I can't believe I, I'm gonna talk a little bit more tennis here, uh, but I, I, I am I am going to. Uh, <laughs> I can't, I don't know if to say his name right or not. Alexander Sverev, Sverev, Z V E R E V. How would you guys say that? I have no idea how to say it. So, uh that's that's my best guess, but he made news a couple days ago. You know, tennis is one of these sports where you have to be quiet. You know, golf is that way. Uh, I don't even what, what other sports where you you not supposed to like make any noise. It's hilarious to me that I I know it's difficult to focus, okay, and and I've kind of been hard on golf over the years for this because I'm like I know you got to focus and really pay attention, but like you can't have any crowd noise. You like I I know it's a different game. It's not football or basketball or boxing. I know it's not these things, but it's just odd to me that it's like how that started. Hey guys, thanks for coming. Everyone, be quiet though. Don't say a word. Not a thing. Well, uh, Alex Sverev, Sverev, I apologize, I'm butchering his name. He actually complained to one of the broadcasters during his tennis match. During the match, he turned, and I guess there's no fans there, right? So it's so it's super quiet. But I'm like, well, if there were fans here, it would be super quiet also. And Alex Zverev. He turned, he turned to the guy calling the game right before he's about to serve. And he said, you're talking too loud, man. I can hear everything this whole match. I'm like, 
what? And the broadcast, oh, I'm sorry, sorry. As he's like, oh, man, that last play was really – he's already, like, whispering as he's broadcasting, commentating. He's And he's, oh, okay, I'm sorry. And I'm like, man, in, in other sports, you got to block the noise out, right? Imagine hitting a baseball that's coming at you when there's when there's usually crowd noise. I know there's no fans now. Uh, NFL teams, basket, like basketball, trying to hit a free throw. Can you imagine if there was someone in the stands holding up a quiet please sign for a basketball free throw of the opposing team? Can you imagine that? It's fourth and one. Everyone in Seattle, the Seattle fans, hold up a sign. Guys, quiet, please. And then as soon as they're stopped on fourth and one, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's foreign to me, man. It's so foreign. I'm not a tennis guy, but I've talked about it for a couple days here, and I've talked about golf as well, how that's like a, shh, you got to be quiet. Okay, look at his approach here. I mean, it's like it's like ridiculous. <laughs> I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Like I loved the scene in Happy Gilmore when – uh, Adam Sandler's like, Hey, we need some noise here. Come on, make some noise. Come on. I'm trying to make this putt. Give me some noise. Yeah. I know it's ridiculous. I know it's crazy. I know I'm, I'm, I don't under- Matt, you don't understand. You don't understand how things are. No, I guess I don't. So uh, crowd noise. Yeah. Tennis player. You got to be quiet. You need to be quiet when I'm trying to play a sporting event. I- You're talking too loud. <laughs> Talking too loud. Oh, what is it? A library? I'd go practice your serve at the public library, and uh, you know, cell phone would go off, and you'd probably snap and lose your mind. You're talking too loud. I can hear you the whole game. Well, what's funny to me is you got a tennis player. I know it's a different sport. So take that situation, and then think about sports officials. When someone will say something. An official will react and everyone's like, oh, you're not supposed to hear that. I know it's two different situations, but uh, I think it's, it's, it's bias here. It's bias hearing here. Selective, selective hearing. I don't know what else to say. How could he hear that unless he's trying to listen? We got a tennis player focusing, playing on something and someone's talking in the background. And I know, man, oh, man, it's it's so hard to focus and concentrate. And if you if you did it, you'd understand, I guess. But man alive. It's like the so- it's a, it's a related. It's like soccer with the clock counting up like and then adding fake time and all this. I mean, some sports I just and the, and the the uh, etiquette and stuff, I just do not understand. But then again, a lot of people who comment on sports, they bash officiating. They don't understand. They're just like, oh, this is how could they make mistakes ever? So I get it. The world keeps spinning. The world keeps spinning. It is what it is. Well, uh, with that little rant, we'll say those few words of, hey, shh, you're talking. You're talking too much. Let's get to our interview with my brother, Sam Hersma. And and again, thank you all for your patience today. If you are listening to this on the same day as the September 11th tribute we did, uh, I appreciate it's a, appreciate your time. It's a long podcast, let me tell you, uh, for, for two, two days of two shows, listening to two ones. Sam, interview is a long time. Anytime we get together. It seems to to go a long time, so wouldn't have it any other way. And I look forward to having him back soon. But uh, you know, you guys who know Sam, uh, you know, you know how he is. You know how he's gonna be, kind of like what you expect from me from me every week, but a little different, a little more spicy, we'll say. And uh, for those who have not met my brother Sam, well, I think you're in for a treat here. Uh, 
definitely, definitely uh, different again, but the same. I can't say it enough. So enough of me. Let's get to the interview with my brother. After a quick break, we'll dive right into it with Sam Hersema. Okay, joining us today is Sam Hersema, my one and only brother. He's been on the show two other times before, most recently on May 4th and before that, March 30th. So it's been a long time. We're excited to have him back. It's just uh, always a pleasure to catch up with my brother, who is like me in some ways, but definitely not like me in others. So Samuel Hersema, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me. Let's get this over with before I get too much of a buzz. <laughs> Sounds like a plan, my my brother. Uh, Sam, you've been here a couple times. You and I talk uh, almost every day, one way or another, whether it's texts or phone calls or whatever. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I'm your only I'm your only brother, man. I don't know what else to tell you. You gotta, it's it, you got the short end of the stick, I guess. In more ways than one. <laughs> You know, what's funny is I've gotten some comments, Sam, about our, we'll say some of our podcasts we've done or the two we've done. And uh, most people have said, uh, you know, it's really cool to see you guys get along and the relationship you guys have. But it wasn't always that way. And we've covered that, talked about it when we were younger and how we weren't that close. But I think in our adult years, we've come a little closer. At least I think so. I mean, well, we both like sports. Um Kind of now. <laughs> and we both like drinking. So we do what we got to do. You try to you try to find common interests with your friends or your loved ones. I mean, we, we got to do what we got to do. And, and during this lockdown of 2020 uh, that we've had, uh, it's been difficult, but we still get together every now and then, even though we didn't have sports for a long time. And now, Sam, we have a lot of sports just everywhere. We're actually watching hockey as we speak. It's it's actually nice. It's uh, we finished up a uh, college football game a little bit ago, and it's nice. Except you know all the uh, extra little protests that are happening. <laughs> I did find it interesting. Uh, we're recording on Saturday, September fifth. This episode will be out a few days later. But uh, college football is back today. There were six games on. We've watched a couple. I did see Eastern Kentucky show up in some of their uh, their very brave shirts, I'll say, and uh, lost 59 nothing. I think they need to practice more than uh, some of their protests, maybe. What do you think? That's very brave of them. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you want to put on a t-shirt instead of put in hard work. That's kind of the epitome of what's going on right now. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, man. It's the times we're in. It's, it's, it's nuts. We got this COVID, this lockdown, this... Uh, I don't know where to start sometimes, but let me ask you, Sam, we went months without sports. And last time you were here was, was May 4th. And I don't think basketball was back yet. Major league baseball was back. I don't think, I think the only hope we really had at the time, we were watching the documentary, the last dance, Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan, we were watching a little bit of UFC. I think they were the first sport to come back. But now as we sit here on a Saturday in September, man, Sam, we got, uh, Major League Baseball, we got the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, which are right here. Uh, college football has started up today, uh, last week, but also a ton of games today, six games anyway. We have uh, horse racing, if you're into that. We have uh, UFC. We have boxing. I mean, real, we've never seen a month like this. You and I have always talked about October being this great month because you got baseball playoffs, 
Football's about a month in and the basketball's just starting along with hockey. But I think in this lockdown now, uh, this is pretty awesome having all these sports. What do you think? Who watches the NBA anymore? I don't I don't know of anyone who does. But it's it's whatever. Mm-hmm. It has been nice to actually have something to watch while being at home. It's after all these months of nothing, but you know, with the election year and all these political statements being made, it's it's a little annoying. It's a, it's actually taking away from each sport. I don't like it. No, I, I'm with you there. And and I've said this to a few people and talked about it. But, you know, I've heard this. I'm not going to take credit for this because it's no credit. But it's like you hear this other places. You hear this on other shows. I don't know about you, Sam, but sports for me is is an escape. It's a place to go, not worry about work, not worry about my relationships, my friendships, not worry about anything, my bills. Just sit down and watch a ball game or a hockey game, a baseball game, whatever. I mean, do you see it that way? Do you see it? Sports is just this place to kind of not have to think about anything, just enjoy the entertainment? Yeah. I honestly, I don't want your opinion. <laughs> I, I, I want sports, you know, like, and, you know, I'm just an average everyday person, but, you know, it comes to a point where it's just like, what are we talking about? Really? Yeah. No, I, I, I think anytime there's like this crossover of ideas, you're, you're probably going to have disagreement. You're going to have some tension, if you will. I just think that sport, it's so frustrating that sports has taken this. I think ESPN has a lot to do with it. That some of their policies and the things they, they put out there, it's just like, okay, I, I get it. You want to have a conversation about some things, that's that's fine but but you're gonna put it at the forefront of sports i just don't see that i i don't know if you watch the cooking channel i i really don't but the cooking channel i want to see recipes about food you know if i want to watch politics i'll turn on one of the political stations um if if i turn the history channel on i don't want to see an episode of of friends or seinfeld on the history channel i want to see uh you know shows or stories about historical events but somehow in all this we've for, we've we've let sports really have these political opinions and these these movements at the, uh, on the front page of sports almost and I, I don't know i just whatever the cause is i i'm not i'm not a huge fan of it i mean what are your thoughts you don't you don't have to be good you just have to be interesting <laughs> famous words of colin cowherd and None of this is interesting to me. I don't want to see you wearing a t-shirt. I don't want to see you kneeling for the national anthem. If you want to do something interesting, if you want to talk shit like in UFC, I'm okay with that because that's kind of what the sport is surrounding. And that's kind of what every sport surrounds. Like everybody talks shit, but all this extra crap, come on. Like, and, and you're talking and not to mention, I'm going to lose a lot of friends here, but what sparked all this recently anyways, was you're talking about a criminal getting killed or getting whatever, and getting paralyzed or whatever. I don't, I'm I'm not in it. Well, well, what, what I want to say about that is there's this, there's this great movement, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I don't know another word. There's this great passion right now to stand up for somebody that 
had the police called on them, mm-hmm. be, and, and we're talking about the Jacob Blake situation, I'm assuming, uh, what you meant. Not had the, the police not, not the good Jacob Blake. <laughs> Jacob Blake, class of uh, 1999, Real Hondo Prep, uh, one of the best athletes schools ever seen. Uh, but no, it, it the Jacob Blake from from uh, Wisconsin, and you know, I I, I want to be serious about this stuff. I don't want to I don't want to make light of what happened, but the the young lady who called the police was in fear of Mr. Blake, needed the police's help. So I think the narrative that uh, people are scared of the police right there is out the window because she called them for help. Mm-hmm. They showed up and he resisted arrest. He had a warrant out for his arrest. And a lot of things led to a very unfortunate situation. But to make this person the face of like this great movement, I, 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 I'm with you. I don't understand what, why we continue to praise somebody who, okay, it hasn't been proven, but had a warrant out for his arrest for sexual assault and then physically fought the police, did not listen. And I, I'm not saying the police didn't have a choice. There's, there's more to it. But after the physical altercation, after the tasering, after all these things, what more was there to do? So why this guy is being the martyr, the the face of the movement, I just don't understand that. But, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of people. You and I joke all the time uh, unrelated to this subject. Well, you don't understand, Matt. Well, you don't understand, Sam. We, we tell that to each other all the time, jokingly. Yeah. But in a lot of ways, it's relevant in situations like we're looking at today. Of course, it's it's put it into perspective i and we'll be extreme because liberals always want to be extreme i go rape somebody i get the cops called on me same night i walk out of the house and point a gun or a knife have a knife or threaten police officers i get shot would anybody care probably not because you just raped somebody. Exactly. And because obviously, you know, I'm not, I'm going to state the obvious here. It's because I'm white. It's just how it is. Uh, well, I, I do think there's a different standard, we'll say, of what makes headlines or not. I, I think it's unfortunate that race is only included in some headlines if the narrative that the media likes to push matters. You hardly ever hear. Uh, a white suspect or an Asian suspect or a Hispanic suspect was shot or what you don't, you hardly hear those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? Like you, you just don't, they definitely happen, but for some reason it's not in bold print in capital letters on headlines. And I find that interesting. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is like, you know, I'm, what am I seeing in, in that specific scenario? I am a piece of shit who deserves to die. And if you're a different color than white, then you, you're a hero somehow. I I don't understand. I I don't get it. I I have seen, um, I think it was, I should know this information, so I apologize, but 
there there was it what was it Blake's girlfriend's sister I believe it was who said something about there was a comment about seven shots he was shot seven times and I think she or someone involved someone connected to the girlfriend said he should have been shot 70 times for what he did to my sister or my friend and I think if we all take a step back if everyone out there doesn't matter where you're from your race your religion your your country your nationality no, take a step out 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 take a step back if something happened to your family member okay this is my always argument with the death penalty people are like i don't believe in the death penalty i'm like really so what if someone did something to your parents or your children murdered them tortured them you still wouldn't believe in the death penalty okay i'm not saying you execute somebody for shoplifting but there's extreme punishment for extreme crimes in my opinion and I think getting lost in all this is that uh, the person who called the police, her fear is being pushed aside. Her her fear, her concern, um, everything that potentially, again, allegedly happened, which I want to say because it's not proven yet, but it sure sounds like happened. Um, that's all being wa- pushed aside. And, and it's unfortunate that that that's true because I, I feel bad for any woman really that has had to go through that and, and it was in fear of their lives enough to call the police mm-hmm. to come, uh, for lack of a better term, rescue her. You know, that's really what happened. And when you talk about the death penalty, the people that oppose the death penalty are the same people that are for abortion. So where, where is where, where do you like where, where's the sense in that i tell me oh it's a fetus it's a uh, it's not even it's not a human being well quite frankly someone who murders somebody in cold blood that's not a human being to me either so they deserve to die as well uh, y- yeah as far as as far as the death penalty goes i i think we're, we're in we're in this society right now where we lack accountability. We do. We lack it for everything. I mean, uh, the people out there rioting, not protest, rioting, burning things. Uh, when the police step in and are aggressive with them, what's the first thing they do? They're in shock that like, oh, how could anyone push back on me? You know, I, I am very grateful, Sam, that you and I have a father who at times we've clashed with many times. Uh, but ultimately he was the guy that taught us every action reaction all of these things having have a you better have a accountability for everything you do you say you write down everything you do in life there's no excuse no one's going to give you any kind of like trophy for trying hard you need to be accountable for all of your actions and and in in my worst mistakes i've gone to dad and and he's he's sympathetic at times, but ultimately the the main thing our father is is tough love, like like a lot of fathers out there. But but in teaching accountability and respect and uh, just standing up for your actions, like I, I'm extremely grateful that we've had our father who who's pushed us in that area because I see other places now nobody nobody accepts responsibility for their actions. It's so sad. That's the way of the world now. Actually, <laughs> it's um, 
a lot of people don't believe in having too much freedom, but we're, we're actually seeing that right now. There's, there's a reason, there's a reason all this is happening. We're like, we're like, what, what, what was it? 50 years ago, it was or 50. I, I don't know the exact dates, but we're talking about years ago. It was about uh, women's rights to vote, like real things, mm-hmm. black rights to vote, black rights in general. And now we are actually talking about pedophilia being a sexual orientation. Where is the logic in that? Well, um, I, I saw something in a show recently in a show we start me, me and Valerie started watching was Yellowstone. And that's one of the quotes in the show is both of those people are allergic to logic. And I thought that was a great phrase. Val's used it on me once or twice already. Uh, I, I think it's great. Allergic to logic. Uh, if you live in California, first of all, there is no logic. And, and I know a lot of our listeners on this program are from California. Uh, there is no logic here. And, and there's no end to what becomes acceptable and what doesn't. We're probably the most restrictive state on some of these COVID policies. Uh, I don't see a whole lot of hope for California. I, I, I know that without bouncing around everywhere here that you know, you and I are both people that were born and raised here. Uh, I don't know if we're proud to be Californians or not, but I'm not. No, it's no. we're both ready to to be somewhere else. No. I've said that many times in the show. Do you, do you feel the same way? Yeah, the only reason I'm sticking around now is for money. It's my job is is good for money, and and it's uh, it's good for the future. So I'm sticking around as long as I have to. For that but overall like knowing that knowing that you kind of have enough money in the bank to move to a different state and put a down payment on the house and just be okay for six months it's just how it is like the this this state with everything going on right now it's it's complete bullshit, and <laughs> especially uh, especially the China virus. That's to, that's for you, Jen. <laughs> oh, Jan Balon, yeah, yeah uh, the, No, this state is out of control. It's always been. At one point in time, it was the golden state. It was the place. Yeah, come as a land of opportunity, uh, whatever you want to call it. But now there's so much restriction. It's so expensive. Sam, you're talking about working for money here. You, you you've done well for yourself. You've moved up the ladder in your job, but. At the end of the day, you make a lot of money, but you're spending a lot of money here in California. Rent is is, is more high than any other any other state, I got to imagine. And the bills, there's taxes for everything. I mean, so it's a fine line to making money here, having opportunities when you got to turn around and spend it. Exactly. It's in I'm actually in that position right now where I'm I'm actually trying to get closer to work cuz I'm working in Newport Beach and the drive the drive, even with the China virus, even, even with the virus going on, like it's, uh, it's, it's not fun. So I want to get, I want to get into Orange County and actually it's, it's a funny story is I, uh, I'm actually, my, my girlfriend is actually Vietnamese. Uh, it hasn't been spoken yet, but it's only been about six months and, uh, yeah, it's get I'm getting along pretty well with her and, we're doing well. So like when I, when she found out I was trying to 
move out to Orange County, she was like, let me try my Vietnamese sites. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? She, Huntington Beach, Westminster, Garden Grove, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a big Asian community down there. There's, there's a lot of Asian, there's a lot of Asian culture and like, that, that's kind of where they all are. It's not to sound racist or anything like that, but it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to actually interact with Vietnamese people because as a whole, it's, Sometimes I walk up to those people and they love me just, I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe because the color of my skin, who knows, (laughs) but other times my, my girlfriend has, has, uh, has talked to people and said just right off the bat, like, you know, he's white because she has to talk to them because they're all talking, they're all talking their own language. And when she talks to them and she mentions that I'm white, they instantly say no to me moving in. So some people may see that as racist. I don't because obviously you can't be racist to a white person, right? That's (laughs) that's not possible. (laughs) But as a, as, as an average person, like they want somebody that's in their own culture. They want somebody who understands them because you know, like Asian culture, white culture, black culture, Hispanic culture, it's all, it's all very different. So I get it. Uh, it's, it's definitely, uh, how do we say this? (laughs) It's definitely along the fence line for sure. It's if, if some of the races were reversed there, it'd probably be national news. Uh, if it it was white to black, basically, (laughs) I didn't say that. I just said, I'm, I'm going to say it. Like, it's just like, I know how it is. Like it, it's just, it depends on how sensitive you are. To the subject. No, it doesn't it, matter what color you are. It's just it's how sensitive you are to it. No, there's de- there's definitely some truth to that. There there's there's truth in the fact that you know, man, there, there's some real issues. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna sit here and say there aren't issues. All right, but we have this sensitivity in the country now, and let's take it away from race. It's we everybody gets a trophy. Everyone tries hard. Everyone there's been this sensitivity going on for so long. And I never quite understood when people would say, oh, your generation is just full of wusses. Uh, but but now that I'm, man, I'm 35, you're, you're 32, like you look around and you're like, you know what? There's some truth to that. People are so soft in some areas. There is actually. Like even talking to a, so I'm a manager and most most people that are under me are like in their early 20s maybe mid twenties and I've had conversations with them. And what, like one, for instance, is like a random one. It's so, it, it was so random. I couldn't believe, I couldn't, believe, <laughs> I couldn't believe this conversation, <laughs> but they, I like, I had a conversation about how, you know, we, we would get off of football practice and we would be drinking basically straight from the hose. There was a little system we had where there was a little PVC pipe and we'd be drinking water out of that for a while. And these younger people are kind of like, you drank water from a hose. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what? I was like, I would, I still do that. <laughs> like, oh, it's not purified. It's not alkaline water or whatever the hell they wanted, whatever the hell they want to talk about. No, 
I drink water that's available. <laughs> You're telling me our parents, yeah, our parents, everyone drank through the through a hose. But now that it's 2020, now all these this technology and all these things we've we've risen and, and improved on. No, the water's worse all of a sudden in 2020. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah of course. And it's like you, you know, we won't know, you know, if <laughs> they think that they're gonna live to 120 years old because of it, because they're drinking alkaline water and drinking like you know, Fiji water, whatever the hell that <laughs> shit's called. Like, I, like, Alkaline? Yeah, come on, guys. Stop it. Like, it's just like, just yeah, it's, stop. It, it's better for your, it's better for recovery. That's that's the whole point of that. It's not, not going to make you live longer. <laughs> but Sam, it's amazing what people will believe if they see it on television or they read it in a magazine or newspaper. Like, there's people that will believe anything. Mm -hmm. And I, I've been skeptical enough. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel that conservative, liberal, doesn't matter. Like I'm very skeptical of what I read, what I see. I, I don't just buy into it. I try to think for myself when I see something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, I'm assuming you do, but so many people now, they, they see something and they take it as gospel. And you're like, what? No. No, you go back to basics for, with everything. It's just about basics. Like if you want to diet, all right, cut out the carbs. Stop eating fast food. Mm -hmm. Eat less. That's it. And people want to go on these like other diets that are just like, you know, I I want to go on a cleanse. <laughs> I want to go on a cleanse. Like, like sh I'm sorry. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> hey, 25 minutes for the first F-bomb. That's not bad. That's an improvement from your other episodes. It's been a very long time since I've gone 25 minutes without an F-bomb. <laughs> It's my brother, guys. Uh, I brought you on early, like late March. You were one of my first episodes and, we, and uh, excuse me, uh, interviews. And when we recorded, the audio was terrible. It was like this echo. I had no idea what I was doing. I still probably don't. We 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 uh, we jumped back on a podcast in May, May fourth, right before your thirty second birthday, and we were kind of in. I don't know. We were all in the uh, Michael Jordan documentary. Mm -hmm. uh, so we had some fun times there, but it's fun to see that the podcast has kind of grown a little bit. I know you don't listen all the time. I, I know. And I, I text you all the time about, Oh, I had this guy on, I had this guy say this, but I know you got other things to do with your life, yeah. but do you still kind of tune into the podcast? I, I actually got into a, um, it's a funny story actually, but I'll, I'll, I'll say who I have, how I've listened to. I, you know, I listen to Fred. That's my, uh, you know, for the lack of a better term, sorry, buddy, sorry, buddy, but that's my baby boo, uh, my lifelong friend. Every anytime he's on, I'll always listen. I did listen to uh, Dan Davis. I really enjoyed that one. He was uh, it was one of the that that podcast actually spoke to me oh. a, a little bit. It was something I was financially I was going through at that time, so you know it kind of like cleared my head. And uh, I listened to Val's, uh, my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> you wish you don't think i am worried a little bit of how close you two are you guys are way too close. I, i'm glad my girlfriend and my brother get along but there's a fine line there you guys get along a little too much we just wait for you to go to bed <laughs> <laughs> you're horrible you're the yeah. worst uh, i did uh i listened to uh, uh he'll always be coach lee to me coach lee he's coach he, lee, that's still the him. number one episode we've had is a uh, major billy yeah uh yeah but i've listened to a few it's uh 
I've actually gotten into a, uh, I've actually gotten into a uh, routine because when I want to work out, I actually heard from a friend and I will go into detail about that, that, you know, like they listen to it when they work out. And I was just like, oh, you don't listen to music when you work out or something like that. Like, they were like, no, I listen to a podcast. They're like, you listen to a podcast, you know? Mm-hmm. And the funny thing was like, it's, it was a, uh, it was actually a major leaguer who did that. My friend. Major leaguer, like, like major league baseball, big leaguer. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was a, a friend hit me up actually. And, uh, they were like, they were like, Hey, you were great on the podcast. And I was like, what podcast? (laughs) (laughs) And, and they were like, they were like, yeah, you're uh, the get home safe podcast. You listen to that? <laughs> and this is somebody that has nothing to do with my brother, my family, anything. It's like it's actually a coworker. And I've never I've never posted anything about the Get Home Safe podcast. <laughs> and they were like they were like, "Yeah, my my uh, my friend actually suggested it to me." I was like, "What friend?" And I won't I won't do names or anything, uh-huh. but but a, he's a ma- he's a major leaguer. He's I believe he is playing for the Astros right now. Okay. And, uh, yeah. And he was like, yeah, listen to it when I work out. I was like, really? <laughs> Major leader <laughs> listening to this? <laughs> yeah. Why? There's so many other options. That's yeah. hilarious. I was like, okay, but, cool. But they did not know at the time that you and I were brothers, like they didn't connect the dots on that or what? No, there was nothing. It was just like, it was somebody, an old friend hitting me up and saying, you know, I, you know, you did a great job on the podcast. And it was, I was like, what? <laughs> I can't, like, you can't see my expression right now, but I was like, I'm throwing my hands in the air. Like what you freaking were, podcast? You were telling me this and I was like, I, I couldn't believe it either. And it was just so interesting. So whoever that big leaguer is out there, you know who you are. If you're on the treadmill right now, listening to us talk. Uh, Yeah, thank you so much for listening to the Get Home Safe podcast. Well, I appreciate you telling me that story, Sam, because it's always nice to know that people are listening and also just just to see that the podcast has grown a little bit. I mean, I look back at our other two interviews. The first one we did, I think it was my microphone that was terrible. It had this echo sound. And then the other time we're on the patio, we're outside. Uh, I mean, look, just look up here and here we are in the studio. You got, you got a professional mic. Now I got the same one over here, but if we look at the two other microphones as compared to the ones we're using, I mean, the, the two up there are definitely JV and that's what we used to use on this podcast. Oh yeah. I remember that. <laughs> it was, uh, everything was a big echo. Oh, it, it was great. And now I feel like I'm recording a rap song. <laughs> Speaking of, by the way, I heard some of your podcast before, what was it? It was before Fred's podcast about rap music and smokers and stuff like that. Here we go. Like, come on, man. Like, it's, you're talking, when when you talk about rap music, you're talking about you, you are, you're generalizing off of all the hits. The hit songs, yeah, it's about... It's about partying and, you know, fucking bitches and stuff like that. But when you actually listen to rap, like there's, there's so much more. Oh, there is so much more. I can name 50 songs off the top of my head that are about the same thing as country. 
It's oh, about love. Do. It's about being hopelessly in love. Except like they that. call women those names. And what's wrong it, with that? <laughs> oh my lord! Sometimes, dude, it's it's raw music, and that's why I like rap. It's raw. <laughs> Look at when I'm raw. coming out of the tunnel to to play a basketball game. Yeah. Uh, there was nothing me and my teammates liked more than hearing "Lose Yourself" by Eminem. It was new. It was it, it just fired us up. Mm-hmm. But now, as I'm an adult, like music, I I can't relate to some of the rap lyrics that are out there now, especially when so much of it is like anti-police, anti-family, and I like you, yeah. you know what I mean. Like so, uh, there's compromise. If we're gonna have this conversation, there's got to be compromise. You you do like some country music, don't you? Yeah. Um, may we all by Florida Georgia Line, uh, any whatever that song called, and t- Salt in the Room. <laughs> well, let, let's 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 put it all to bed right now. Uh, y- you are a heterosexual male, however, you have some serious crushes, and two of those are Tim McGraw and Blake Sheldon. There, make no mistake about it; those are two men you absolutely love. I never said I didn't have a crush on. Them. <laughs> <laughs> And then another one is Hugh Jackman, Gerard Butler. You want you want to keep going? Uh, my, my brother has a list. No, it's in any. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> it's fun because it's the the funny part is like I like every type of music. Yeah, and I, I make fun of country music be, just because everybody listens to it all the time, and I'm just I look at. So them you're up. saying it's popular. Yeah, it is popular. It's a fad, <laughs> is what it is. It's a fad. Oh, that's what it is in Southern California, especially. Like you live in the city, you live in you live in your like perfect little loft, and you, <laughs> not you, but like these these like these like little, <laughs> for the lack of a better term, these little blonde these little blonde little country girls who aren't country, <laughs> who live in the city who can't do without their mocha latte times three grande. <laughs> Are, are actually are listening to country and like saying like oh my goodness i know exactly what he means like shut the shut the fuck up and it's the same thing with rap i i I'm, i can own that like I, I don't i don't know about i don't i i didn't have a life like what most rappers have you're from the south side of glendora bro you've you lived a tough life yeah i mean we i mean it was like arcadia arcadia almani bro but you know, like I, I, I relate to it more because it, it just because it's more raw. Like who, who, like country is just like, oh, she, she cheated on me, and you, know, you know, made me sad. And and rap music is like, rap music is like, what is actually in your head? It's like fuck that fucking bitch. You know, like so, it's just how it is. So here's what I want you here. Here's what I here's my challenge, is that if rap take away the f word. The N word and the B word from all rap songs. Take mm-hmm. take away the, just those three. Mm-hmm. I'll give you the other ones, t- but take away those three words from F. What's the N word? <laughs> Stop it. Uh, <laughs> take away those words from rap songs, and tell me how the lyrics sound like. I mean, they're they're bad enough with those with those words, but you take those are like marquee words for their songs, and it's like okay. Uh, sorry, I, I don't need to. I would much rather listen to a guy singing, uh, pouring his heart out, man, uh, to, who's wearing cowboy boots and drinking whiskey. I can relate to that, man. I, I, I can definitely kind of relate to that. <laughs> it's, but you're not, you're, you know, like we, we can eliminate one word right off the bat. Like talk about like 
I'm not talking about these whitewash, these terrible white rappers, but we're talking about G Easy. We're talking about Eminem. You talk about uh, Yellow Wolf. You, like they can't say the N word, so that word's right off the bat taken out of the equation. But what I'm telling you is, I like music that's raw. Like country music is like country music's like watered down to me. Like you just you're talking about. Like, There's an argument there. There's an argument. There is you, an argument. There. You're gonna sing a song about like you know she she broke my heart <laughs> and my icky breaky heart <laughs> and stuff like that. And then you and then you get a rap song like that's talking about that's talking about like you know fuck this bitch I want to kill her <laughs> like you know like stuff like that. But that's it's my... but it but it's but. Anybody who said they've never like thought that in their head, everybody thinks those words in their head. Maybe not. I want to kill her, but like you know, like everybody thinks these words in their head. They just don't say it. That's why I like. Here's rap. here's my. <laughs> That's hilarious. Here's my thing. The I think a country music artist and a and a hip hop star can sing the exact same song. Not not the exact same content. We'll say that, but they just say it different. Country, it's, uncensored. it's uncensored. Country music guys talk about uh, going out, picking up chicks, drinking too much, even smoking weed or whatever, and and those can be um, those can be topics in in hip hop songs as well. But it's just said different. It's saying different. It's it's like classier, in my opinion, in in country music. No. Mm. <laughs> it's fake class. Again, there's no f bomb. B bomb or N bomb. You you give me a country singer that drops an F bomb. I actually who is it? Uh, Hank Williams Jr. He does <laughs> he does he does everything. That's that's a good, but that's real country. That's yeah. not this pop country. That's yeah, good, that everybody loves. But but I would think that you would like some of the pop country, like some of the some of the artists and and the song. I got a I there's a few like country. They're like they're kind of rappers. They're not really, but I gotta. I gotta throw them your way. They're they're pretty cool. Chicken fried, cold beer on a Friday night. <laughs> Sam's country voice. If you guys you guys got to see it in person, his country music voice in person is hilarious because he always takes a song that's on and he start, <laughs> he starts singing it in his like country music voice. It's hilarious. It's nowhere near what this sounds like. I drink whiskey and I think I want her, but she doesn't want me. I'm going to get some barbecue stain on my white t-shirt. <laughs> Come on. How does that not speak to you? I don't even like barbecue sauce. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole I've done drugs and I'm from I'm from the hood, dog. Like that that's that speaks to you. Well, more? I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to drugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh this is a constant battle with sam and i sam where's the do-rag i'm the cowboy hat guy that's just kind of the two brothers same same guy it makes for a great night out <laughs> <laughs> i'm working i will say this though you've improved i've gotten i've got i've gotten a little bit i've gained a little ground with you in country music like there's a few things you like you hate saying it but you know you know i'm right no i don't i don't I, I like country music. I just don't, for the most part, I'm not going to go out of my way to listen to it. Mm -hmm. It's, but it's, you look at my playlist right now. I go from, I go from Tupac to 
in all honesty, Britney Spears to Blake Shelton to Justin Bieber to Eminem to anything. Like it's, I listen to everything. Music doesn't – your taste in music isn't affected kind of by like your political views as you've grown older? That doesn't affect it at all? No, to, no music to me is affected – It music is whatever you're feeling at the time it's not political it's your emotions at the time okay no i i i yeah. that said continue but i i agree with that i do agree with that yeah it's just like in those like what it was it um i think i met i met a girl and i i really liked her and so it was like what was that called broken by lovely the band i couldn't tell you i, I like that you're broken broken like me like stuff like that, like it's it's just in that it's in that moment, and so like it sticks with you for the rest of your life. So like, you just listen to that song and you go back to that moment, that year, that that feeling you were feeling. For lack of a better word. <laughs> but see, that that's why I think you would love country if you just went full fledged, all in, all in. I think you you you'd embrace it. I can do that with Eminem's recovery album. Oh, geez. You like the album too. Don't lie. Recovery? You, you don't that? like him now, but you like you like recovery. Was it 20... 2010. 2010. Yes. The only reason I remember that is because I was in a car driving in the Northwest League and we got to the playoffs and a guy was like, Oh, yeah, you gotta listen to the recovery album. Mm -hmm. I was like, All right. So we listened to it. It was fun. It was cool. And it was a few months later, maybe a month later, where you and I ended up in Yankee Stadium listening to Eminem as well as Jay-Z and plenty of other artists. I can I can name it off the top of my head right now. It's it a good time. Eminem, Jay-Z, Alicia Keys, Beyonce, Kanye West, 50 Cent, Dr. Dre, uh, B.O.B., and... There may have been a few other. Uh, Nicki Minaj was there too. Before Sam she, was drooling, guys. He was yeah. drooling. It was something to see. It was a nice moment for me, actually. <laughs> so the best part of that was I, we we told the story before, but but who cares? It's our podcast. Let's go for it. Uh, we, yeah, we, fuck we, you. <laughs> we flew in. We slept in. Tried to get some sleep. We went to all those Yankee Stadium bars. The, the where everyone pregames for the Yankee games had a great time after a steak dinner in like Manhattan, wherever we were staying, we go up there and we go into the stadium and we're a little laminated. I'm, I'm not going to lie. We were, we, and, and we, we were the guys we had driven or driven uh, flown and traveled 3000 miles for this concert. It's like working every note of this concert from the beginning people all the way to the main event. And we went in and Yankee Stadium was brand new at the time, the new Yankee Stadium. And we went in there and uh, we got not one, but two Philly cheesesteaks. And after our second one, we, we renamed them New York cheesesteaks. And they were probably $20 each in the stadium, but they were so good after a few cocktails. Well, <laughs> so the, <laughs> we, we had a bunch of drinks in the, the little Yankee bars there. And, you know, like I, I actually enjoyed going to those bars because it was like you actually saw the uh, the culture of that specific area. It was I'm not talking about color. I'm talking about culture of the area. And you can't you can't explain it if you haven't seen it. But actually, like experiencing it, having a drink with like a few people, we 
we met a few drunk people <laughs> along the way in those bars. Like, One or two. Made a, made a few friends. And then we got into then we got into uh, Yankee Stadium and it was just I think our drink of choice was Long Island. Oh, we did. I never drink Long Islands, but we were there. I was like, oh, this is New York. Long Island's close to here. Yeah, let's have one. We had at least like four or five. It was, it, wasn't, it was not pretty. And that was after we drank like straight whiskeys at the bar <laughs> down the street. <laughs> it was a good time. Oh, boy. No, that, that was – that was. I mean, you and I have had a lot of moments over the years, but I think that was one of our first like – as adults really coming together kind of a thing. We, we've become much closer over the years all in all seriousness. Uh, the trip with aunt and uncle kind of shortly after mom passed and everything was, was a good time. But this time it was you and I, it was me coming right after uh, my second season of minor league baseball. And we just, we threw this idea together and we, and we did it. It was cool. It was, it was the first moment like I'm sure a lot of you guys have where you plan something as adults and you do it and you're like, oh yeah, this is, we're adults now. We can plan and do things whenever we want. And that's how I felt about it. It actually works out. Yeah. And it works it, out. It doesn't always work out. No. It did that time. But I will say something about that trip with, uh, with aunt, uncle Richard and uncle Philip, uh, that still to this day, we, I think about the, the, so Tavern on the Green is yes is in Central Park, or it's on the corner of it, and they've redone it since. It's very different, but the old Tavern on the Green we for actually Uncle Philip's birthday, right? Uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about yeah, that. We picked up the tab for it all, but we went up to the attic and we had some Irish coffee. <laughs> And I think we yeah. all did. And I think maybe maybe Uncle Richard had his classic crown on the rocks. He don't change much. <laughs> I I I still look back on that day and I and I love it. It it, it was one of my one of one of the highlights of New York. Yes, it, it really was. And uh, uh you know, Aunt and Uncle Richard and even uh, Uncle uh, Uncle Philip and everyone it, they kind of made that happen. They were going already. We kind of tagged along. But I was glad we got to do that. We got to see where mom and her siblings grew up. We saw where they were baptized. I mean, so many uh, aspects of that trip. Um, it, was, it was just a good time. And it was right after kind of mom passed. I think that fall we went. And uh, yeah, definitely a trip that I will remember forever. And, and kind of why I have a, a soft spot for New York City. I mean, I'm an LA guy. I'm a California guy. Always going to root for teams here. But I'm I'm very sentimental as well. And so yeah. I look at New York sports even that way. I look at, hey, how the Mets do today? Only because I know my mom was born there. Like, and I'm not a huge Mets fan or anything, but I I tie it ties into me for that. Like, and you and I both love New York. We've been there multiple times, a couple times together. And I look forward to us going back there again. It's just a good time anytime we're there. Definitely, man. Like anytime. I, I want to go back every year. I want, every year, honestly, I want to go back. But I remember, like, when we were there, just the two of us, when we ended every night at McGee's. McLaren's, yeah. Yeah, McLaren's. McLaren's in the show, but yeah. McGee's in real life. Yeah. And specifically, that was when Derek Jeter got hit by a pitch. 
Oh, but man. it actually it hit the bat. It didn't hit him, but he played it off. Good memory. And we saw, and we and we saw like everyone's reactions on Facebook and stuff like that from the West Coast, and they were just like, "Oh, Jeter's being a bitch," and that was like when I felt like a New Yorker almost. I was just like, I was sticking up for him, like I was just like, if 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 you can fake the umpire, why not? Yeah, yeah, you, you were know? you were cool. I remember you talking, and you said it two ways. You were like. That's Cheater's job to do there. It's either going to be a foul ball or he gets first base. Mm-hmm. And then you also said something along the lines of, this is before replay and everything, and you said something like, hey, he sold it to the umpire. The umpire, that's a tough call. He's got to make the decision. And this is coming from a non-umpire. And, and I know you've said it probably the other episodes, but you know, I think you have a different outlook at games now through officiating. Like you, even if bad calls are made, you like, you understand how to take a breath and be like, that's a bad call. It happens and, and, and move on and watch a game much like that's a bad play or a missed tackle or, or whatever. So I always appreciate that about you watching sports. And I don't know if you like that, if you're mad at yourself that you see things that way now, because you have a brother involved in officiating for so long, but I, I appreciate that it's, it's rubbed off a little bit. At least, at least that's how I feel. I like seeing things that way, actually. Like the, it was what an hour ago that we were talking, and the uh, the running back he he fumbled the ball going across the goal line. Oh yeah, yeah and it was yeah. like at a first glance, I was just like, oh shit, he he fumbled, and I was just like, wait. Did he cross the plane first? (laughs) (laughs) My brother, who's never officiated a game in his life. Well, no, no, no. You did. You did umpire one time back in the day when you were in Rio, right? I was uh, in freshman. You were in Rio Hondo Prep, and you umpired some Care Youth League baseball games. I remember. And I had no influence on that. You just went out and did it. (laughs) I did it because I wanted money. That was it. (laughs) Same reason that I vacuum the school. Yeah. <laughs> That's why most of us do. And uh, no, it, it's cool to hear a, in all serious, like a non-official say terms and stuff that like I know and respect. And like, you know, there's always two sides to a story or sometimes three sides. And it's funny to see you, uh, to see you be involved. Like you've met my buddy Gabe Morales who we went through umpire school together and everything. And he's in the big leagues. And I have a few other friends in different levels of, of sports and everything, but it's fun to send you like a, a clip of his ejection videos because I know you'll appreciate it. This is a guy you've, you've had a drink or two with and have hung out with and you see it through his eyes. You don't, you don't take the athlete side of things. You're like, yeah, I've hung out with Gabe. I totally understand that, you know, when he acts or he ejects somebody like, yeah, I totally understand what he's saying. <laughs> Yeah, in the, the recent clip you sent me, I won't say player or anything, but <laughs> this was a player I actually I, I actually loved for the longest time. And and I still do. But he <laughs> when when Gabe actually ejected him, I was just like, Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> if that doesn't sum it up, guys, that uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> That's my brother. So, so there's this scene in uh, Sam and I are very big on movie quotes. We watch 
this could have been a movie we watched years ago, but every now and then we'll text each other uh, phrases from movies. He'll say it to me. Like, it's funny. It just comes up in conversation from a movie that's well known and uh, it could be anything. And, and so, so many times uh, it's movie quotes and we just, we love that. And when I worked the biggest game I ever worked at the time, it was a football game at Anaheim stadium. And uh, I was excited. I was nervous. It was a high school playoff game. It was a high school championship game. Championship. Yeah. 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 Up the street from where Sam was living at the time, I actually stopped at his place to change clothes and, uh, you know, kind of get situated to go over there. But I remember Sam was very supportive and he sent me a, he sent me a meme, a text message in it. It's from the movie Backdraft. And if you guys haven't seen that movie, uh, it's worth your time. It's a good one. And I can't remember. What were the brothers' names? I can't even remember their last name. Oh, no way. I, I can't remember. Brian. Yeah, Brian and Yeah, anyway. Kurt Russell and uh, one of the Baldwin brothers is the uh, the two main characters. But they're brothers. And uh, Backdraft is about firefighters. Uh, and, and towards the end of the movie, there's a scene where one brother is – is uh, going through the fire and saving everyone. And the other, the other firefighters injured and the older brother, uh, Kurt Russell, right? Yeah. Kurt Russell's injured. The older brother's injured. And the younger brother actually, like, I think he, there's a loose hose somewhere in the fire (laughs) and he's like, he grabs it and he actually starts putting out the fire to get basically to get everybody out. (laughs) And Kurt Russell trembling cheek and all, he was just like he looks down. He's just like, "That's my brother, God damn it!" <laughs> it's a, it's a great scene, and uh, we laugh, but it's a serious scene. But Sam and I, like every time he does something good or I do something good, we'll kind of text each other that that picture of of Kurt Russell and that kind of meme with the the highlight words, and, and it's just it's it's hilarious. <laughs> like we both laugh at each other. We both. We understand. I feel like Sam's the only guy that understands me, and, and I hope you feel the same way. We have good friends. We have plenty of friends, and we're going to talk about friends in our next segment here. Uh, but I don't know. There is a bond I think that brothers and siblings have that not everybody else has, and, and it's it's very hard to explain. And over time, again, over time, Sam and I were not very close growing up. We, we, I was the guy that picked on him for a while and then I went my separate way. He went his, uh, but we started to come together kind of towards, I think a big part of it was like your senior year when you won that CIF championship. Like I was, I was a fan of the Rio football team, but I was a bigger fan of you. And that's kind of what started kind of us coming together and in our adult years, Again, it took some time, but I think we became much closer, and, I, and I'm really happy for all that. It, it's worked out, man. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was definitely during that time, during <clears throat> my senior year, and then I, I will say that, you know, we after that we weren't as close for a little while, but then you know, you know, unfortunately, mom died, mm-hmm. and you know, like we kind of we kind of came closer together just how it went yeah it was it was the natural thing to happen really uh um man it's hard to believe it's been 12 years now and uh when it happened i never thought it would i don't know it it was such a shock to us that 
when it happened, it was, it was a bummer. And I, I never thought, Oh, well, who knows in five years or 10 years, what life's going to be like, but here we are, here we are we're talking for the third time on a podcast, finally with decent equipment and uh, decent subject matter, I think. And, and we'll, we'll be talking a few more times here as I continue this podcast. I'm not making any money off this thing. It's just a fun opportunity to talk with, with people and uh, with you, of course, uh, we'll have a lot more conversations, I think, in the future. Uh, I did get this is a first, Sam. This is a first. I, I I heard from while we're recording here. I heard from our good friend Todd Carson, and he was commenting on another podcast. He said, "Hey, great job with uh, the person you talked to." And I said, "Cool. I'm glad. Um, I'm recording with Sam right now. Do you have any questions for him?" Mm-hmm. And Todd Carson, who's got uh, a lot of kids right now, he he texted me. He says, he says, yeah, my older son takes delight in getting my younger son to cry. Any suggestions? So I'll leave it right there. Uh, what do you think of that? Any suggestions for me? Well, any any suggestions? Should the younger brother stand up for himself? Should the older brother, you know, just uh, what do you think? I don't remember Learned. picking on you that much. I really don't. You, you it was, did. You did, but it was a. It was a more of a. It was in a competitive it was, format. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't it, just. Yeah, it was for. It was for being competitive. It, it was just to win, basically. So yeah. The only advice I have for a younger, a younger brother is. Take his strengths. And make them weaknesses. Oh my god! That's some Jedi stuff right there. Wow. No. Take his strengths and make them weaknesses. Oh, I man. do it all the time with you. You just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we've already discussed the Val thing. Like <laughs> she's one of my strengths, and you you've made it into a weakness or a strength of your own. Well, no, she's she's just waiting for me. <laughs> we'll leave that open to you guys. Take his strengths and make them weaknesses. That's that's some like. Uh, Sun Tzu Art of War stuff right there. That's intense, bro. Some, that's some patent stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you come up with that? I just literally right off the bat right now. Right now. Because, I, I mean, I've done it with you. But... What? Yeah. When? Yeah. Took, well, first of all, what's one of my strengths? And then you made it a weakness. You don't have any strengths. <laughs> oh, okay. So, therefore, your your theory's flawed. No. You, your strength was everybody... Uh... At the time, you were you were a golden child. Oh, you know, back you know, to you know, I'm this. Not, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm, I don't hold any ill will or anything, but <laughs> you know, everybody expected more out of you. So, what I did was I did the opposite. Lowered the expectations. I lowered the expectations, <laughs> but but I <laughs> but I also. <clears throat> I also found that it doesn't matter what you did. It was just about what I did. <laughs> and I, in like be, being the, uh, you guys always make fun of me for being a, uh, what is it? A, uh, I can say so many words right now. <laughs> you make fun of me for being, I can't think of the word right Dramatic. now. Dramatic. A pessimist, a, a, a depressant. I, I, I don't know what the hell you want to call me. <laughs> But, you know, like I, I originally did that in high school. I will say that because like, you know, it made people feel sorry for me. You're so, emo. so it, 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 You're it so brought, emo, bro. it brought the, it brought the attention towards myself. 
And it wasn't because I was depressed. It was just because. So this whole time you're working on uh, ways to bring my. To bring you down? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you so much. You know, Sam, one thing I always appreciate about you is that you are somebody I really enjoy watching sports with. I kind of talked about it already with the officiating thing, how you kind of have this uh, unbiased, if you will. You, you, you're impartial. You're able to see things through all three teams on the field, which is nice. Uh, but I'll say this, like even today, we were watching some college football games. And again, no name, no name teams, Texas State and SMU. And uh, I think Texas State either intercepted late or something. And something I always appreciate about you is that if it's a one possession game and the losing team, I don't know, gets the ball or gets a little momentum, something that always comes out of your mouth, and, and I say it too, is hey, we've got a game. You can be two teams we don't even care about, but we watch a game just to watch a game, which not everyone can relate to. So I always appreciate that about you and watching sports with you. I mean, you always want a game to go down to the wire. Yes, it, it's it, it it's just fun. Mm-hmm. Even the, I think the they intercepted it, and then I think they didn't capitalize or something like that. Mm-hmm. And like it was gonna, there was there was a uh, a field goal that was gonna make it a ten point game with mm-hmm. like a minute something left, and I was just like, miss it, <laughs> please miss it. I like the underdog, man. Unless, unless you're playing the Rams, which, you know, realistically, the Rams are always the underdog. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, I, I think that it's fun to cheer. Like, if you're going to watch a game, okay, there's 60 minutes in football. I want my 60 minutes worth. So I, if I don't have an, itch, an interest in the game, I want the team that's losing to either tie it up or take the lead. And so now, okay, now I want the other team to take the Like, I want drama. I want my full 60 minutes worth. I don't just want the the team that was supposed to win uh, be up by twenty points with you know a whole quarter left and for the game to be decided. I want to see some drama. I always want to see somebody come back. Yeah, and there was a man. What game was that? It was the. I think it was a play. Was it a playoff game? A few years back, where the Seahawks were down, I think in the fourth quarter, by two scores. It's the Packers. In the NFC Championship game, I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. And they had to do the onside kick, the onside, and yeah. like that. And and uh, I was actually at my ex's house or her parents' house at the time, and they're sitting there like the the game is over. And I was just like, not yet. <laughs> don't ever count out Pete Carroll. <laughs> do not ever count out Pete Car- Carroll and the Seahawks. And sure as shit, they come back, they win it. Uh huh. Over time. Yeah. It's, it's so funny to me. Like this brings up an interesting topic, like, okay, blowout games or games that you think are decided. Okay. More than likely they're, they're decided already and you're not going to see anything special, but it's that 1% of the time where it's like, dude, spend the extra 20 minutes, keep the game on. You never know what you might see. You might see a fight. You might see an amazing comeback. You might see something absolutely just stupid and be like, wow, I'm, I'm glad I wouldn't have watched that if, uh, if I hadn't have, have uh, kept the game on. So I, I think, yeah, games are all but decided at times, but you got to watch it to the end just cause you never know, man. You just never know. 
Yeah, exactly. You might see someone die. <laughs> oh, be, be great in my sense. Wow. Wow. Well, I mean, you know, like I'm, I'm a guy that Thursday nights I'll watch a, a meaningless college football game. Uh, right now we have in the background Arkansas State and Memphis. Not, not a big matchup by any means, but hey, 14-14 going into halftime pretty much. I mean, I'm curious about the second half of this game. I don't care what the level is. Competition is competition. Yeah, it's a real nail-biter, but it's, you know, it's fun. It's fun to have a few drinks and just enjoy it. No, no doubt about it. I mean, it's just, it's, I, I love sports being here. Um, I know there's a lot of political things going on. It's, it's very, it's troubling, we'll say. But, you know, Sam, we had no sports for so long. And now, and then now all of a sudden we got all this stuff and college football starting in a couple of weeks, the bigger conferences are going to be starting. Heck, um, I'm not sure when I'm going to post your episode here, but Thursday, Thursday, the NFL will be back. I mean, it's crazy to think about that sports is, is here during this COVID pandemic lockdown, but here we are. Yeah. This fake, this <laughs> fake lockdown. It's still, my mind has not changed about that. It's, it's all fake it's it's, it's dramatic it's, but and, and then the you said uh college football starting yeah the big conferences the real conferences i am never watching a pac-12 game again those guys bunch of softies yeah oh you're gonna get covid okay wait i risk my life every day going to work <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true um, but but with all the with all of the covid restrictions and everything you haven't had much of a Commute, have you, the past few months? Oh, it's been great. Well, <laughs> actually, the the so last time we talked, it was 39 minutes, I believe, that it was taking me to get to work. Now we're back over over an hour, but I'm still I'm still only going in two days a week. But in <clears throat> in the next two weeks, I will be back to full time, which I think is complete bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think the virus has killed enough people for that yet. Whoa. But Jeez. sorry. That's <laughs> just how I feel. <laughs> it, at least target Southern California. I don't want a traffic commute. That's you all want, you care about. You, yeah. You want the less than 1% to die. At least target Southern California. Jesus. Okay. Right, just, oh, well on that note, Sam, we talk about sports all night and, and we're going to watch some more sports tonight. We got football games. we got some UFC uh, I'm just, I'm looking forward to seeing competition and, uh, but anyway, let's, let's talk about friends, you know, oh God. <laughs> if I must, I have a lot of acquaintances. I have a, a short list of friends. We'll say, especially in current events, you know, you've always been a guy who's kind of gone to the beat of your own drum. You have friends, um, but you keep everybody at an arm's length, an arm's distance, we'll say. And, uh, the past few months, I've seen that my close friends have become closer. My average friends have become a little more distant and my distant friends have kind of gone away. I don't know if that's how you feel. I've always seen that. I, I feel like I have more friends in you and that's not a competition or anything. It's just, I have, mm-hmm. I've, I've been around more places and all around the country and everything. So, I mean, what can you tell me uh, on your thoughts on kind of friendships as you've, you're, you're into, into your thirties now. I know Jan Balon and Fred Monteblanco. They're both pretty good friends of ours. 
Uh, we share a lot of similar viewpoints, but if you could just sum it up, what are your thoughts on friendships and kind of either how important they are to you or what you value most in friendships? Well, again, I think I've said it before. Uh, friendships are the family you choose. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, the Mono uh, the Mono Blanco family in general is something that I will that they will always be family for me, mm-hmm. and I and anything they ever need, I I will always be there. But you know, I haven't really seen any difference because I've always kept my friends pretty close like if you're close then you're close you know i i've been accused of people saying (laughs) that you hate everybody but you love everybody (laughs) and i'm just like well and that's the truth to be honest with you it's if you're if you're somebody i love i love you yeah but if i don't i hate you I, I don't want to be around people. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really seen any difference for me. I, I, I love my people and that's all I really have to say about it. Yeah. I think, I think as we grow older, our circle of friends gets smaller and smaller. I'm someone that has a ton of acquaintances and I've talked to so many different people on this podcast, but ultimately you got to look at the people that are kind of on your front porch, the people that uh, you're going to call when who are the first five people you're going to call when something really bad happens, you know, mm-hmm. that that's what it boils down to. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with having a lot of friends from all over and a ton of acquaintances. I I've, I've been blessed with that to have so many different people in my life, but you know, ultimately with everything that's going on these days, uh, your circle of friends does get smaller just in general because everyone goes their own their own route, their own path. And I don't know. For me, I've, I, I never thought, first of all, Fred Monteblanco would be as good a friend to me as he is. Jan Balon, he kind of disappeared for a few years, we'll say, or, or maybe I disappeared. And we've reconnected. I mean, you and I, we're brothers, and we didn't see eye to eye forever. It's just... It's interesting that as you grow older, your friendships either come full circle or you create friendships that you never thought you would have because you just have common values, common interests. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, Fred is really the, you know, first of all, I have to say it right off the bat. Fred's always full of shit. (laughs) In anything he ever says. Correct. All he does is talk out of his ass. I love you, big guy. But, <laughs> but he's a you know he's a uh, he's a baiter. Like he actually said in his, in his last podcast. Uh, but you know, every friend that I have now isn't from high school. Mm-hmm. Like I. I I, I don't I don't keep friends. I don't really care to. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like they're important, but like if I love you, I love you already, you know? So it's just it's just one of those things where I don't really care to I don't I don't care to keep friends in general, but if if you're one of my people, like I'll always be there for you. No, I hear you. I hear you. And and I think more than anything, it's not about having friends. It's a, it's about being a good friend. People forget that. And and you know, Sam, I, I think that you and I both have that that value that there might 
there might not be a ton of people that we would be there for, but um, when, because we can't, we can't be in so many places in, you know, so many different places at the same time. Uh, if I could be there for a lot of different people, yeah, I would drop everything I'm doing and I'd, and I'd drive to Dallas or New York or whatever. But I think the people that you value most are, are those you keep closest to you. Maybe not geographically, mm-hmm. maybe not, emo- you know, it, it's just, I, I've found the, in, in the past few years that when things are tough for me, there's really only four or five people I might contact. And that's coming from a guy who was, you know, hundreds of people I could, I could contact, but I don't know, man. It's, it's a very fine line. I think over time you, you really do see who the, the, the ride or die type of friends are. Right. Yeah. And you know, I got, I completely agree with that. And I just, uh, I don't really believe in stuff like that. I, it's I have my, t- I have my two friends, really. That's it. My two friends that I believe I would. I say I have a flat tire, or I say that I just need you here. Yeah, and that that's it. It's a couple. I, I don't. There's nobody. There's nobody else there that's that's gonna be there. And, and that's not to say that it doesn't come with bumps and bruises or or, or obstacles because. I mean, uh, let's, let's be, let's be honest here. Like for instance, you and Fred, uh, I never thought Fred and I would become the friends we did. And we kind of became those friends while you and Fred were kind of bashing heads. Like you guys, I think are the closest of friends, but for a few years, you guys didn't see eye to eye. And I would say the friendship was, was on hold. And I unfortunately had to take the reins and try to, be friends with Fred. I, I'm still your friend, Fred. Uh, but but yeah, I think there's not f- friendships don't always come without hiccups or bumps in the road, you know. And, and I think ultimately it's the big picture, not just a four or five year window where you look at a friendship and, and judge it from there, right? Yeah, it, it's uh, <laughs> it's funny you bring that up. It's uh, me and Fred. It was. We didn't talk for it, and we joke about it all the time. It was like it was the best three and a half years of our life. <laughs> and, yeah, we didn't talk for that long. And the funny part was, like, you know, any, any, uh, anything Fred says about me, and this is, this is what make, makes him and has made him my best friend, is anything he says about me to anybody, it doesn't matter what, it's not something he hasn't said to my face. And I that, agree with that. And that, that's a friend to me. Mm-hmm. And like, he's not, he's not talking shit behind my back and then just like acting like everything's cool. But yeah, that, that, that was an interesting three and a half years. No, no doubt. I, I was in the middle of it all. I was your brother. I was friends, Fred. I was probably a better friend with Fred than you were at the time because you guys weren't talking and it was, you know, nonsense really when y'all break it down. But, I was like, man, why can't these two guys be adults, be, be men, stop with this junior high girls nonsense. And I, I'm so glad to see that you guys are back, uh, talking and, and, and good friends that you are. Well, I mean, it, it was just being like, so I, so for the most part, I'm a passive person. 
like I just don't care. So I'll just like brush it off. I'll brush it off. I'll brush it off. It doesn't matter. And Fred is the opposite. Fred is a kind of, he'll say what he wants to say. He'll say what he believes. And, and then it, it came to a point where it was, <laughs> where it was just like, Fred said what he wanted to say. He, he was, he was adamant about it. And I was saying what I wanted to say. I was adamant about it. And then we both just kind of said, fuck off to both to each other, (laughs) basically. And you know, like it was like, it was all in love. Like, yeah. Like there wasn't a day. Like I, I was, it sounds, it sounds stupid, but there wasn't a day that I was just like, I wasn't just like, you know, I want, I want that dude. I want that dude to do well. I hope he's, I hope he's okay. You know, like we were, we were being stubborn at that point. Well, I feel like I was the buffer for a long time. I've still yet to really hang out with the Monteblanco family. I would love to come over and, and see uh, Mr. Monteblanco cooking up some food and maybe have a few, uh, a few white cloths with the Monteblancos. I know that's something Fred loves to talk about is white cloth. He doesn't like talking about much uh, alcohol wise, but I would love to just, it's been a long, it's been, well, I've never, I shouldn't say it's been a long time because I've never been over there, but I know you're worshipped by the Monteblanco family and I get it. I get it. That's, that's just your card that you play. But, uh, yeah. Well, I'm Peruvian. <laughs> I'm part Peruvian. Much love for the Monteblancos in all seriousness. I love, I love them all. I haven't really chatted with them very much, but I look forward to the day where, where maybe Sam brings, brings me on as the honorary Peruvian for the day, we'll say. <laughs> this is a good family good family the monoblancos uh god bless them all uh well sam kind of one other thing i want to ask you is you know you've always been a guy that's been with television shows you've always told me really hey you should watch this and i think you have an, a good idea of what i like uh, some of the things that you like you know i don't like and so you don't tell me about them <laughs> But th- there have been a few shows where you've hit the nail on the head. You told me to watch Breaking Bad. You told me to watch Sons of Anarchy. Um, trying to think of a, a few other. How I Met Your Mother as a comedy, a sitcom. You told me to watch that. Uh, one show you recently told me to watch, and I haven't got to it yet, but I really want to. It's on Netflix. It's called Kingdom. And uh, the past few years, you and I have really taken a liking into combat sports, specifically UFC. And you basically texted me and told me, Hey, this show uh, is something you can relate to. You'll love. It's basically UFC uh, sons of anarchy. Uh, it's Southern California. It's guys that are, that are drinking. It's, it's just a good, good show. And so I was a little skeptical, but I've seen a few, uh, a trailer. I've seen a few, I don't know, uh, highlights, if you will. And it looks like a pretty good show. It really does. What can you tell me about Kingdom that you've been looking into? Well, Kingdom is basically, so just to start off, it was a direct TV original, mm-hmm. which is why I believe it never took off. But you left one out. It's Sons of Anarchy. Okay. Californication. Oh, yeah. Hank Moody. And a little bit of Breaking Bad, like all mixed into one. But it's <laughs> it's it's actually it's a very good show. It's only three seasons because it it didn't last because it was on that fantastic 
DirecTV original <laughs> network, which no one even knew even existed, or AT&T network it became. And so people are screaming for a uh, for a fourth season already. Since, really? since it came out on Netflix, like everyone wants a fourth season. So so sell it to our audience. Like you, you've been selling it to me. You said it's it's basically about guys in a UFC jam, a retired fighter, his sons, right? Yeah, I mean it's the basic it's the basic struggle in life. Like you, you got two brothers. One of them is the one of them is like you know the prodigy, and the other one is like the fuck up. And What's that like? <laughs> what are those two subjects? I can like? tell you what it's like to be the fuck up. <laughs> not true, not true, not true. But yeah, and then the uh, the father is actually a he uh, he's a trainer. Okay, and he has his own gym, and he's got his own piece too. His his, his girl, and it's it's a uh, it, it it. Other than that, it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to explain. Sure. Uh, what what the show is because there's there's extra stuff where uh, one guy is getting out of jail and you know he he became he was a good fighter and he and he he comes back to the gym and he wants to fight or they want him to fight because they they see he can be great it's it's really interesting is that it but the the best character is jay I, Jay, or, okay, yeah, Jay. Jay is the uh, Jay is the best character on the show, or I or I like to call him Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Fred, except he drinks, right? Probably. Well, except drinks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, no, you sent me the the trailer. I thought it was interesting. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I like this. I like I like the idea. So we we've gone through a, sh- a few shows and uh, always looking for something new and. Hey, it can just be my show too if if Val's not interested. But uh, we'll definitely check it out. I'm looking forward to it. I, I always trust. I value your opinion, especially the shows, except for like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and uh, Angel and all that stuff. But uh, we all make mistakes. It's fine. To each his own. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But well, I will say, with Kingdom, I finished three seasons in two weeks. Wow, that's a lot. So it was that's heavy duty. You no, know, granted, I can watch it work. So. <laughs> Hard at work, working hard. Oh man! Well, well, Sam, we better get downstairs. We have to get to some UFC. We got to get to Arkansas State in Memphis, which was tied at halftime. We got all kinds of sports here on on Saturday night uh, in 2020 when we never thought we'd see sports again. So, any parting words of wisdom you you thought uh, you'd like to say uh, anyway as we wrap it up? Uh, vote Trump. <laughs> <laughs> less than two months from the election yes it's coming fast uh well well said i i, I agree with you there <laughs> it won't matter here in california but it's it's nice to to say it anyway so sam thanks for being here um i look forward to bringing you back on uh sooner rather than later it has been let's see may see it's been like four months dude since we last had you which is crazy yeah, it's been a great four months. <laughs> Just doing the Lord's work and, uh, you know, working hard. So, well, well, let's get you back. Maybe we'll talk some Rams football next time because we'll have a few games. I'm sure the Rams will start like two and six or something, and we can just vent here away on the podcast. As usual. You know, <laughs> I've, 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 
That's uh, what I'm expecting. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. No, there'll be uh, all kinds of causes and things, and then the Rams will just be terrible. And then so. everyone will get the fake virus and stuff <laughs> like that. Oh, Sam, thanks for being here. It was a lot of fun. Let's have you back real soon. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks again, Sam Hersham. Always a pleasure catching up with you. I got to tell you, every time we get together, uh, I laugh, I, uh, I get mad at you, I cry, I get I, anyway. There's all kinds of emotions anytime I get together with my brother Sam Hersham. So much fun. Uh, looking forward to having you back, man. Uh, it's been a couple months. We'll get you back on here real soon. Uh, we'll have plenty more to talk about, I'm sure, with sports and all kinds of things. Uh, thanks so much, Sam. My best of luck to you, and I'm sure I'll be chatting with you this weekend as we talk about some sports specifically college football nfl football a lot of good things ahead so sam thanks you so much we'll talk to you very soon my brother well guys that will wrap up a week of shows here on the get home safe podcast a lot of fun interviews five fun interviews as well as the bonus episode today that was released the september 11th tribute hopefully you get a chance to listen to that if you have not already Appreciate you taking the time. Guys, I said it uh, earlier in the week that we were looking forward to approaching 9,000 total plays. Well, we are well over that, and I'm looking forward to bringing in 10,000 total plays next week sometime. Should be a great time. I thank each and every one of you for helping us do that. Uh, we never thought we'd get to that point here, but here we are on uh, the Get Home Safe podcast. It's, it's been amazing, and I just can't thank you guys enough we love hearing from you guys so please write us in if things come up over the weekend there's a lot of football happening college football nfl football we got a lot of options here the nhl playoffs uh major league baseball some fights there's all kinds of good stuff just like last weekend but you throw in football i mean that's a game changer so uh if everyone's watching the nfl good for you if you're not hey there's plenty of other things as well but send us a message we'd love to hear from you guys whether it be an email a voice message social media reach out to us send us a question some content it can be anything you've heard from some of the guests uh they're very random questions and we wouldn't have it any other way so send us some stuff guys i know bill barnes wants to hear from you he loves his audience he loves his real hondo prep guests uh anyone who listens and tunes in for bill he loves and uh, a lot of people who listen to this podcast uh you guys are contributors and more than you know more than just listening we appreciate hearing from you so send us some stuff really in all seriousness think it over over the weekend and uh send us some good stuff uh guys as always there's plenty of ways to follow the get home safe podcast our twitter handle is get home safe pod and our facebook and instagram page is get home safe podcast our email address for those messages you'll be sending us will be get home safe podcast at yahoo.com always be sure to look in our show episode notes you can see links there to either leave a voice message or to contribute to the podcast plenty of options plenty of ways for us to put out information for you guys on the get home safe podcast uh that'll wrap up our week be sure to look on our social media on sunday evening at some point as we'll be telling you about our monday guests getting out a picture and a short description of who that will be but until then guys have a wonderful weekend enjoy the football on saturday Enjoy the football on Sunday. And guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.